With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Bosco's boys are back. Sorry, Grant, I cut you off because I'm so excited. Um, this is one of the bucket list shows for us. If people remember the very first Q&A episode, the number one name I said I wanted to get was whoever the next head football coach was. And Coach Kleiman, you're here. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I didn't know I'd be on a bucket list item. I, I, I want to go to the Masters, but uh, you want to have me on a podcast. Hey, we're, we're big K-State fans, and we're, we've been lucky enough to cross everyone off my bucket list. I think Grant's still trying to get Eric Stone Street, so if you have any pull on that one, let us know. Before we get started, we do have a quick gift for you that we have given to everyone on the podcast. You have two Bosco's Boys koozies. You got the original and then the Christmas. Awesome. So there you go. Um, we're, we're excited to have you, and since uh, Kenny said we have 25, 30 minutes, I'm going to just jump right do into it. it. Here's the question that I think every interview you've had has started, but what has it been like taking over for someone who has a statue in front of the stadium, the highway, the stadium name, et cetera, et cetera? You've heard the question before, but I figured I'd just kick it off with a softball. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a obviously honored to be able to follow Coach Schneider and, and had followed Coach Schneider throughout his coaching career and uh, went to camps as a young kid when he was at the University of Iowa and um, have had so much respect for him uh, and what he did here at Kansas State, making what was the biggest turnaround in college football. Because um, I played against Kansas State when I was uh, playing in Northern Iowa and they weren't very good. Uh, you got a couple of interceptions, I, if I, I recall correctly. I think that's what the video would say. Yeah. But I, <laughs> my kids luckily saw that, so they could say Dad did make a pick. Um, but it's been it's been great. Uh, it's been really rewarding. It's been uh, the support's been dynamite. I know the shoes that I'm filling are, are going to be difficult. Uh, I'm not trying to fill coach's shoes. I'm just trying to continue on in the legacy that uh, uh, he put out for so many years and, and just kind of build on the great foundation that we have. We have what we have at Kansas State facility wise, tradition wise, because of what coach did. And uh, so I'm I'm just the next person in line uh, to continue uh, this great tradition, this great legacy. There was some violent disapproval of your hire initially. Um, some of that I think is cooled, and some of it is still there. Um, has that had any impact on you know your morale stepping into that role? No, it really hasn't, and I, I really don't listen to the outside sources. I got to be honest with you. Um, violent, I don't know where where who got beat up or anything, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there was violent disapproval when I took over for Craig Bull after he won three national championships and 
Um, lo and behold, we were able to win four. Uh, and so I know it's still a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world out there, and we need to win. We need to win to be successful to try to silence some of the critics. Uh, there's always going to be critics. That's, that's, that's life, you know, and, and uh, I'm one of those guys that's, that's on social media. I don't know if I'd say I'm active on social media just because there are a lot of people that just hide behind social media and throw stuff out there, and, and that's uh, uh, not what I'm about, and I know that uh, how we're going to do things is the right way. Um, in the past, we've done things the right way, and it's been uh, been really good. They've been it's obviously been profitable for us, uh, and we're hoping to do the same thing here. So, some of the things that your detractors have tried to throw out there is the whole oh FCS FCS lack of FBS, and it's happening. I assume on the recruiting trail, some of the folks who aren't ready to buy in are using that. What would you say to those people if you know you had them right, you know, sitting next to Kenny? Well, for starters, um, you know, football is football, and I know that that's something that's easy to say. But uh, Carson Wentz had a lot of detractors, and he was the second pick in the draft. Um, we never lost to a Big Ten or Big Twelve school when I was at North Dakota State, uh, and when I was at Northern Iowa, we beat Iowa State. And uh, um, this podcast know, loves beating Iowa State. By the exactly. Way. We and, don't. We don't like them, and their fans. <laughs> their fans hate Grant and I personally. Yeah. So if you could get back to beating them, we'd appreciate it. Well, and we need to try to do that for sure. And the other thing is just scheduling. It's hard to schedule opponents. And, and when we scheduled opponents at NDSU that were power five, we, we had a chip on our shoulder and went and beat them. And I look at a lot of schools that schedule them. Um, and the FCS opponents are tons better than the MAC. And they're tons better than the Sun Belt. I mean, they're they're just better opponents, top to bottom. I know there's some really good teams in the MAC, and there's some really good teams in the Sun Belt. But I mean, you know, last year South Dakota probably should have beaten Kansas State, and um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a tough tough football game. A couple of years ago, South Dakota State was drilling TCU, and and TCU came back and won, but they gave up forty some points. You never see a TCU team give up forty some points, and South Dakota State did that, and so. There's, there's a lot of great football out there, and uh, uh, I, I know that it's still proof is within the, the wins and losses you get, and, and uh, um, we've got to do a good job here getting the wins. Well, if we've learned anything from, you know, Coach Bruce Weber, it's that if you want to be a, a high-level coach, there's going to be criticism, and you have to tune that out pretty much. So He's right. Right yeah. there with you. So spring, spring practice has just concluded. Give us two things that this team did best in the spring and two things that you think they need to work on the most. Uh, two things that they did best would be learn how to practice the way we want to have them practice. Um, that would be one. But that would also be one of the worst things we did. To start off with, we didn't practice the way we, we were wanting them to practice, and it's still a work in progress. So when I say that is uh, our practice consists of double reps, meaning we have two team periods going at the same time, so there's nobody standing around. Uh, that's tough because you may be the only left tackle. You may be the one of only three wide receivers. You're taking every rep. Um, it's going to make you better, but it's also really hard to do. And so, um, you know, that respect, it's a, it's a work in progress, but I liked some of the progress we made. Um, we need to be more physical. That's another thing. Uh, part of it is uh, just the transition from um, more of a zone style offense to more of a gap scheme, pull, run, be uh, come flat back off the line of scrimmage. We, we've got to continue to improve upon. Uh, I thought we had great emotion. I thought we had great energy. I thought guys want to get better. And I think that's a real positive when you get guys that every day come to work 
Um, they know how long the practice is, and they're ready to roll. And those kids every day got better, and, and that's the only thing we could ask. We are a long ways away from a finished product, but we had 15 practices, and we saw the the marked improvement from day one to day 15. And now uh, we got to put it on the captains and the and the kind of the the leader's shoulders to get us through the summer, and then we pick back up in August. So one of the things that you talked about in your opening press conference and your early media availability was the need to get more help on the recruiting staff. I, I think you made mention one of your spring press conferences Conferences that's that's on the table for the summer. Is that still a goal for you guys? Yeah, it is. We, we need to give some help to Taylor Bratt. Um, we're going to hire uh, a few people, I think, this spring and summer. We have one that we're looking to get done here in the next week, and then we have – probably three more spots that we're looking to, to help us with. Uh, that'll uh, happen sometime probably before the fiscal year. But uh, without question, we, we need to get some more help. Uh, but in the same respect, uh, it's what we have right now. And so the guys have done a great job. The ones that are out on the road right now, um, the ones that are in-house of evaluating guys, and uh, you can't make excuses. You, you have what you have, and you are what you are. And, and uh, uh, until, um, you know, and that, that'll come in time where we get some more help. But uh, our guys are doing a good job right now. We'll stay on the topic of recruiting. Um, so you're about to start on the spring evaluation period, and you already have a handful of guys committed. What are you and the staff looking for and targeting out on the trail right now? Well, with as many seniors as we have this year, there's not a position that we're not targeting. Um, when you look at the amount of guys we have, I mean, we're in the upper 20s of seniors, whether it's scholarship or walk-on guys that will be leaving the program. We're looking for everything. Obviously, the two main positions, you're always looking for O-linemen and D-linemen. Those are probably the hardest positions to find because there's a, um, a plethora of 5'10 to 6-foot, 190-pound kids all over the country finding guys that are 6'6 uh, or, or, you know, or defensive linemen that are 6'4, 6'5 that have a great, great amount of juice and great amount of motor. Those are things that are harder to find. So um, that's probably the biggest area is you always want to start with your O-lines and D-lines and work out. Um, and so that's the biggest area. But uh, I've been really impressed when you talk about the spring evaluation period. For us, it's, it's been the winter evaluation period because we have a we've done a really good job of having a lot of junior days and and evaluating film on a nonstop basis with the with our our staff that we have uh, that we at least know some of the targets that we're going out to look at while you're not inheriting a roster that was recruited to do the running gun or three four anything like that it is a little different than what you guys had at North Dakota State how many recruiting cycles or how deep into the season will it be for you guys to feel comfortable running exactly what you want to do or are you going to have to, you know, bend to what you have for this first season or two? Well, I think you always are going to do that no matter what uh, in in kind of tailored to the talent that you have when you first uh, arrive uh, at a place. And um, and so we'll do that. But we'll, we, we know we have to continue to recruit linebacker, defensive end, tight end, fullback type bodies. Those are um, bodies that I think are out there. Not a lot of people are utilizing those guys the way that we typically would utilize them. We're looking for long guys that uh, maybe are uh, not 245 pounds now, but they can be in, in a year or two. And so we're always looking for those type of bodies. And then uh, you, you need to be able to have shutdown corners. You need to be able to do – you can do a lot more things if you can cover the guys outside with with one-on-one uh, -on -one with two guys. And so, um, you know, we're not – there's not a spot we're not looking for, but uh, obviously it starts with the O-line and D-line. 
The Big 12 looks a little bit different this year. Um, we got some new faces, you being one of them. Is it easier or harder coming into a new conference at a time where, you know, three other schools are going through a transition at head coach, or is that something that doesn't register with you at all? Yeah, it, it doesn't really register uh, with me just because, you know, we're in one of those positions as well. But, yeah, I think there's still uh, – you, you put – a school out there and that the tradition follows that school you know no matter who the coach is the if there's good tradition it still follows it now it's your job to build upon it if there's not great tradition then it's it's still that way until you turn it and, and so uh, we had tons of turnover when i was at in the missouri valley uh, there's always going to be turnover in college sports and in college football and, and i look at it more oftentimes from the assistant coach standpoint than you do from the head coach standpoint because there's not a ton of head coaches that are truly running the offense or truly running the defense. There still are some, um, but I don't see that being a, a, a big factor. I'm excited about it. I know a few of the coaches uh, in the league. There's some that I don't know very well, but um, I know a lot of coaches in other Power 5 conferences that I've tried to you know, pick their brains and bounce some ideas off of. Well, definitely. So that wraps up the kind of, you know, typical, you know, sports, quote unquote, journalist type questions. We're going to try to have fun for the, the last half of these. And I need you to be brutally honest on this next one. When was the last time you were truly embarrassed? And tell us the story behind it. Truly embarrassed. Hmm. Boy, I was truly embarrassed. It's a hard question. I know it. Can we come back to that one? Yes, we can okay. come back to that one. All right. We'll come back to that. That's fair. All right, so <laughs> one of the first questions fans asked you when you got hired revolved around uniforms. Yeah. You know, we've actually had an actually Nike uniform designer on our show, so we understand probably better than the layman. And Good, you can explain it to me. Then. Our <laughs> listeners understand probably better than the layman, you know, the process and how, how long it takes to do like a total concept refresh. But we'll ask you this: Can fans expect or hope out, hold out hope for anything like a new helmet or like a color flip or any new decals this year? Anything? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. My my family, my dad, uh, who's now retired, and my brother have been in the sporting good business their whole life. And my brother's in the uniform business and has worked for two of the major outlets uh, that uh, supply uniforms. And it's not something that can happen overnight. Uh, and it's usually a year process. Now, a lot of things are in the works probably for 2020 that you just don't have time to do in 2019. We are looking at at least um, some helmet combinations and to do some different things there. Uh, I, I know that there there uh, is great tradition here with what has been worn, no different than there's at a lot of places, but I also know uh, it's kind of cool to have a, a different look. And so we're going to continue to explore those things, and uh, we will definitely have a different look, whether it's in 2019 or it's in 2020. There's stuff coming around the horizon. Quick follow-up. Were you surprised just how many people asked you that question almost immediately? No, because they're all your age. That's true. You know, it is. And that's you, you don't get that question asked very much. When I was at North Dakota State, they hadn't changed their uniforms forever. And we wore a gold jersey in 2011. And everybody was like, why are you doing this? And I think Gene probably is the one that said okay to it as long as it wasn't black. And it was a, a gold one. And people were up in arms. You got all these emails. Well, that gold jersey, I think, ended up 18-0. and 0, And I had the... 
the guts to wear that thing in the national championship game in the last game that I coached. And everybody said, boy, if you lose this game, you'd be the only guy that lost in these gold jerseys. So, um, but no, I, I, it's a huge part of society. It's a huge part of the, the landscape of recruiting. Guys want to see all the flair and stuff. And, and absolutely, there's some things that uh, we want to do to add some stuff. Real quick before I move on to the next question I had, why does Gene hate the color black so much, or am I going to have to ask that to him in July? I think that's a that's a question strictly for, for Gene on that. Okay. I'm not sure. And he was at Iowa for a while, which was a primary color. Well, I'm going to have to put that in uh, Gene Pod 2.0 for later <laughs> this summer. Um, so, you know, K-State, you know, purple, I, I, it's my favorite color. I like you know, all, all versions of it. I'm wearing a lavender shirt today, but it's not a typical color most folks uh, own in anything. Before you took the job, how much purple of anything, it could be clothes, you know, accessory, whatever. How much did you own, well, if any? Well, I coached at two places that had a ton of purple. Oh, yeah, I guess. At Northern Iowa, where I graduated from there, and, and then when I left there, I gave most of it away, but I was in purple all the time, and I actually coached at Western Illinois which was also purple. And I, and they're a little bit different. I, I still like the purple look that we have here. I think we've got a great, great look. Uh, but uh, you're right, there's some different um, things that we can change and, and, and adjust and alter. But uh, we've got a sharp look as well. What's the most obscure thing that you own now that is in the color purple? Um, well, I've got some like lime green probably. I wish it'd be like master's green, but it's, <laughs> it's a little bit lighter than that. Uh, looks like Sherbert, my kids would say. Uh, I got a couple button downs like that, and I'm not big into the Paisleys and stuff. So um, Al Serby gave me a, a pant that I, it, it's a gray pant, and my wife said, oh, that's a nice purple pant. And I kind of looked at it, and I'm like, there is a little bit of a tint of a purple pant. So, uh, But I, I, Al did a good job. I think it's a pretty good look. Most coaches have a game day staple look. So Bill Snyder wore his slacks and windbreaker almost no matter the weather. Jim Trussell has a sweater vest. Harbaugh's got his, his khakis. Bob Stoops, Spurrier, they always had the visor. Yep. What's your typical or go-to game day apparel, or do you like to mix it up? I If we got to realize I came from a place where I was inside all the time, so sure, you didn't have sure. to worry about the weather. So we I'd wear khakis and a long sleeve um, uh, T-shirt. That's probably going to change a little bit. Um, here just with different weather and things i'm not big on uh, having the same look i could care less if all the coaches came out in something different i i have a big believer of you're, you're not gonna win a game by me having a gold shirt on and somebody else having a blue shirt on somebody else having a red shirt on and somebody else having a purple shirt on from a coaching staff standpoint uh you know our coaches will have you know long sleeve to short sleeve to a sweatshirt to to a cutoff hood i don't really care um and uh, so um we'll see what uh, al comes up with in the in the fall but uh there'll be not really probably any standard thing <laughs> Which one of your assistant coaches might go the most wild on game day fashion? Well, if, if Hazelton could wear jeans, he would, <laughs> and they'd be and they'd be ripped up, cut off jeans. But I, I don't think I'll let Scotty do that. Um, uh, Riles, Coach Riley, can wear some some unique stuff, um, but he can't have pleats because it makes him look too heavy. Um, uh, but no, I, it'll be interesting to see because uh, you know a lot of these guys, some of these guys, I haven't coached with in a long time. So this one actually might get you in trouble if you don't answer it correctly, but do you remember what your first date with your wife was? 
My first date with my wife. Yeah, we went to a bar. Can you believe that? Yeah. Hey, I, li- I, I like it. it. Yeah. But what was I, the name of the bar? Buzzes. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was 1990. Boy, I probably should know the date too, but it was like 1993 probably. And uh, yeah. Well, we know your wife is an avid listener of the show. So <laughs> exactly. You, uh-huh. you just scored some brownie points, I'm sure. Well, hopefully we can go back to Buzz's Bar. We can get a free drink or something when we go back to Waterloo. Hey, we'll, we'll reach out to them and see if we'll get them to sponsor <laughs> the show. So we, uh, we we might be able to throw you a gift certificate to there, there as go. well. All right, I already asked Coach Weber this, so I have a little bit more confidence asking you. Um, he told us he, he wears purple boxer briefs everywhere he goes. <laughs> Are you a briefs or boxers guy? Uh, or boxer briefs. I'm a combo. boxer brief guy. You Good know, call. I, I'm not a, a, uh, a brief or a box. It's got to be a boxer brief. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter the color. Um, it gets different colors of those. So I would agree with that. I think that's fair. Yep. <laughs> what color are you rocking today? The the listeners need to know. I think it is a. Um, <laughs> I think it's a dark gray today. There, there you go. Um, next one. I, I'm very passionate about this one because I have a staple karaoke song. This one's a karaoke fiend. But if right before the very wow. first game of the year, you're standing at midfield. Fifty to fifty-three thousand, depending on how many standing room only tickets they sold. You have to sing a song in front of the entire K-State nation. What song are you singing? You know, that's interesting because I'm not a huge music buff. I, I listen to everything. Um, my my wife and I listen to um, a lot of old time stuff like Queen. Love uh, Queen. Yeah, we've gone to a couple of. You know, remake Queen concerts that we liked. Um, Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, we listened to a lot. My kids have got us into some country now. My son listens to a lot of country. But I don't know if I would rock out anything on a karaoke right now. I, I probably couldn't. I don't know the words to all of them. Well, hey, that's the glory. It'd, it'd be yeah. up on the Jumbotron. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'd make my wife go out there and sing a little Bon Jovi or Queen probably. Bon Jovi or Queen. Okay, that's that's fair. Gene Taylor said in an interview, he handles his stress by drinking Bud Light. When we sat down with I've Bruce. I've seen him drink oh, yeah? a couple of Bud Lights. <laughs> we're going to have to get Gene on with some Bud Lights. Yeah, we're going to have to do an after hours with Gene with Bud Light. <laughs> Kenny's not invited to that one. I want to see what Gene will say when Kenny's not in the room. When we sat down with Bruce, he said he's more of a Miller Lite guy, but he's recently gotten into wine. What is your liquid of choice when you're trying to unwind from some stress uh without question it's a bud light all right you know but um we i think gene and i had the same friend <laughs> when we were back in fargo that took care of us uh, pretty well that uh stocked us with some bud light so that's uh definitely my drink of choice now my wife will have a um a cab we'll have a cab once in a while i'm i'm i'll drink red wine i'm not a white wine guy and i'm not a my mother will drink merlot and it tastes like gasoline to me <laughs> so i i bring her a bottle of merlot uh or get merlot when she comes but i'll drink a cab i'll drink a pinot noir but uh it's got to be uh it's definitely got to be a red perfect so we're circling back this you know this we'll, we'll let you address all the boneheads that those are our fans yeah um after this but i need to know give me the last time you were embarrassed okay last time i was embarrassed i did trip on the practice field uh about a week ago two weeks well the last week of spring ball it was a windy day and i lost my script and uh, i was kind of 
kind of walking, then semi-jogging to grab it. And I reached down to grab it, and I lost it. And guys were, were cracking up pretty good. Um, and a number of them saw it. We were on the double rep field, so there was a group, thank God, that's why you do double reps. There was a big group that didn't see it. Um, but uh, I went down. Now, I do have an excuse. I've had my hip replaced, the same hip twice. And... Uh, kind of went out on me a little bit but uh uh nonetheless i i splattered pretty good well it's all right i have uh bad ankles and i'll just trip and fall just walking <laughs> around the office so i know that feeling so um we're gonna wrap up uh, you can say whatever you want to our fans um people have taken this opportunity to also tell us how great we are so if you want no i'm kidding <laughs> so just just address the fans we, we we get quite a few listens for uh small little get up that we have so just address k-state fans and let them know whatever's on your mind yeah well we're excited to be here uh got a bunch of uh staff that are were eager to come to manhattan and, and eager to be a part of the wildcat family uh, i know it's an incredible fan base uh, i know the fans are are gonna um, follow our guys, be supportive of our guys. Our, we've got a great bunch of football players that uh, are continuing to strive to be great every day, and we talk about winning every dang day. Um, these guys are doing that. Uh, we've got to have a great summer and uh, um, finished up spring really well, lead us into a great summer, and, and excited to uh, be at the stadium this fall and seeing – uh, a full house uh, on August 31st because uh, the guys are working extremely hard and, and we're looking forward to the challenge. And luckily you will not have to sing karaoke. Uh, luckily <laughs> I will not have to is right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a bunch. Um, check out my bookie. Check out uh, SeatGeek. Yep. We're and, sponsored. Uh, this is a real thing. Wow, that's good. And also shout out to Kenny. We love you, Kenny. Yes, Kenny, you're the man. Uh, thanks for the, having me, guys. Ooh. Appreciate it. No problem. Meet me at the Cathead. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive, and the world turning inside out. I'm floating around in ecstasy, so don't stop me now. Shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger defying the laws of gravity. I'm a racing car passing by like Lady Godiva. I'm gonna go, go, go. There's no stopping me. I'm burning through the sky. Two hundred degrees just while they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm traveling at the speed of light. I wanna make a supersonic man out of you.
Network.